Yes, yes, and yes, it is another episode of the Cycling with Watts podcast. I'm your host, Jared Watts, and this is episode number 21. I wish I could add a little drum roll in there, but yes, this is episode number 21. We're talking about pro news and tech today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, I'm your host, Jared Watts, and on this podcast, it is my goal to get you out on your bike more to inspire you to want to bike more so bringing you news from the pro peloton from the tech world bringing you maintenance tips and bringing you training tips all through the cycling with watts podcast without further ado let's roll that intro music and get into the podcast so i've mentioned it on the past podcast but go check out the cyclingwithwatts.com after this podcast go check out everything that i was talking about on the show also email me with questions or email me with comments email me with whatever you want because i want to hear from you yes i want to hear from you all of you out there want to hear from you want to connect with you you can follow me on instagram as well cycling with watts go check it out there. So that is all the housekeeping stuff. Let's dive right into it. And even though it is a slow time, there is a lot of good stuff to cover today in the pro world. So I'm really excited to get going with this podcast. And first, I do got to say, I apologize for not getting a podcast out there last week. I am super, super busy at work, which is really good to be in the bike industry and to be super busy around December, so I am not complaining, not complaining, but some really cool things are happening that I'm hoping to share in some later podcasts. So, what is new in the pro world? Well, first off, we got to start with my beloved Team Sky. I love them, love Chris Froome, love Garen Thomas, love Michal Kwiatkowski, love... Egan Bernal, I love Team Sky. So, what is new with Team Sky? Well, they came out with a new kit reveal, and I love it. The only thing I don't love about it is I feel like it does kind of come off like a like Movie Stars jersey from last year. I don't know if Movie Star will be sticking with that jersey, but to a certain extent, I feel like it. <clears throat> it kind of looks like that. So, what does it look like? Well, they're making a dramatic turn from white to black. Also, Team Sky has always been kind of known for that that light blue sky color. And right now in their jersey, it is not there. So, it's navy across the shoulders. And it does a kind of quick transition, quick ombre into black right at about... Let's go nipple high. It's a good it's a good spot to throw nipple into the podcast. So right about nipple high is when it transitioned into black, and then it's black from there. They still have their ocean rescue up on the neck, which if you remember, ocean rescue was a big part of the Tour de France. They had that all across their chest. That was trying to eliminate plastic water bottles from the ocean, single-use plastics. They were teaming up with Ocean Rescue, so they are still on their jersey, 
moving forward. But yes, it is navy shoulders ombreing into black. So definitely a nice transition for Team Sky. I think it looks really nice. I think it does look a little bit like Movistar, which I would say is their kind of their number one rival in a sense. Wouldn't say that they actually put up the numbers, but everybody kind of talks about Movistar and Team Sky duking it out for that top team spot. So yes, Team Sky, New Jersey, love it. It's going to make Chris Froome go faster. It's going to make Aaron Thomas go faster, Egan Bernal go faster. And I still got some more Team Sky little nuggets sprinkled throughout this podcast along with some Movistar towards the end of the podcast. So we're going to just do a full circle. It's like Lion King, Circle of Life, which new trailer out. Anybody see that live action movie of the Lion King is coming out? But I digress. So what else is going on? Last podcast talked about Mark Cavendish's Surveilo. S5 was being auctioned off for charity and his bike. This is his bike that he used. Pro level bike, $6,901. That's a lot of money, but that is not that much money for a pro level bike, Cervelo. I mean, that's like a $10,000 regular bike. You go look up a Cervelo S5, NV wheels, rotor, power meter, Dura Ace Di2, that is somewhere in the range of 8000 12000 depending on where you get it, paint job. And this is a bike that Mark Cavendish rode and used in the Pro Peloton. That person got a steal. I should have bid on it. I don't have $6,000 to throw on a bike right now. But that was a great deal. So good for charity. Good for the person that bought it. Good for Mark Cavendish for cleaning out his closet for new bikes to come on in. So, yeah, next time you see a pro bike go up on charity. Now, I've been at a lot of silent auction events for cycling-related stuff, and i got to be honest, pro bikes usually go way cheaper than what you could buy them retail for. I mean, it's it's crazy, actually. Like, I was at one for a big UHG ride and they had a silent auction afterwards and they had some bikes i believe either from team rally they were diamondback bikes or uhc which were obeya at the time and i gotta say they went for at least half of what retail was and these are bikes that were ridden by pros so you get that cool part of it plus it's an amazing bike now why do they go for so little i think people are afraid to bid on them because they think that it's really expensive and they don't necessarily understand the deal that they are getting. But if you ever see a pro bike at a silent auction, maybe you should make a bid on it because you could get it pretty, pretty cheap. So that was really cool to see. So moving on to Mark Cavendish. He's kind of short. I mean, I'm like five, six, five, seven, so I really can't talk. But moving on to somebody very, very tall... Connor Dunn. Now, Connor Dunn raced last year for Team Aqua Blue, which folded halfway, well, more more like three-fourths of the way through the year. That was really big back in August. They were about to start the Tour of Britain. All of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, they are out. They lose funding. 
Rick Delaney is the owner of that team, and he made a lot of promises. It's really pissed at a lot of people, but he said that he was going to pay salaries towards uh, throughout the rest of the year. And I don't think he's lived up to that promise, but he is going to pay Connor Dunn's salary for all of next year, which is pretty crazy. I mean, he he's going to be riding for another team, but Rick Delaney is going to pay that salary for Connor Dunn. So props to Rick Delaney for coming through and keeping his promise in a certain extent and paying for Connor Dunn's salary. So I think that's pretty cool. All right, we're going back to Team Sky because Ben Zwift is coming back to Team Sky. Ben Zwift has been away. Did I say Zwift? (laughs) Ben Zwift, and I meant to say Ben Swift. Nice S in there, Swift. Ben Swift will be back at Team Sky. Now, I said Zwift because we got some Zwift news in tech news, but Ben Swift (laughs) will be back at Team Sky. He just felt like... He wanted to come back home. He wanted to race again for Team Sky. I think he had, you know, he had an all right stint at UAE Team Emirates for two years, but he just kind of never felt fully in place, and he's ready to come back to Team Sky. He said he always wanted to return to Team Sky, so he will be making that comeback to Team Sky. So again, coming back to Team Sky, I love Team Sky. I think that's a smart move. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to Team Sky, but... As one man enters, another man leaves. Philip Dygan is retiring. He's leaving Team Sky after 14 years in the sport. So I wish Philip a great life as he retires, but he is leaving Team Sky. And as one man leaves, we got another man coming right in because Ivan Sosa signs a three year deal. With Team Sky. And this is massive, especially because they have Egan Bernal, who they locked up for five years. So this is another Colombian rising star. And Colombians are definitely coming up right now with Fernando Gaviria, Egan Bernal, really showing some talent. I mean, you have Nairo Quintana as well, but we're really getting like a group of strong, strong Colombian riders. And not just in the climbing, but you have Gaviria as well in the sprinting. So I think that's really cool to see another country. And I know Colombia has been strong, but to see a country right now really taking force and could be kind of dominating the cycling world for the next couple of years. I think, you know, Gaviria definitely was dominating this year already. Egan Bernal, it will take him some time to become dominant Grand Tour winner, but he has, you know, he has the signs for it right now, and then Ivan Sosa, we could see him, you know, we'll see what happens with him, but he has a lot of hype around him, a lot of promise around him, so I'm really excited to see that he signed with Team Sky, and he could be already riding in the Giro this year. Now, this just happened like a week ago, and he is going to be rumored to ride in the Giro this year and that's what Cycling News is reporting and so the 21 year old spent last season riding for Androni Giocatali yep I butchered that if you have listened to this show more than once you know that I butcher names and that's because even in college I was taking the Spanish course and as a senior I was taking like a freshman level Spanish course 
barely passed it. So I am not great at pronouncing names, but that's where he spent his time last year. But he did some good stuff there. He held the leader's jersey at the Tour of Alps. He won Adriatica Lonica, which was, you know, big for him. Volta Albergos, and he was sixth overall at the Tour de l'Avenir. So, he did some big things. Now, he was originally, in the summer, supposed to go to Shrek Segafredo. It looked like they had a deal wrapped up. Everybody kind of thought that's where he was going to go. But the deal was dropped, and signing for Sky. So, now they have Egan Bernal and Ivan Sosa, two very, very, very hyped Colombian cyclists. Now, we've already seen what Egan Bernal can do on the pro level. We'll see what Ivan Sosa can do, especially if he rides the Giro already. So congrats to Team Sky on getting him locked up for three years. Next up, we got Alberto Contador making some waves in the news. And not waves that I like. I've discussed this topic in the past. I am against it. I think it is digression of the sport i don't think it moves cycling forward but contador wants to see the banning of power meters he wants to see them gone he thinks that they are limiting the potential that cycling has and i think that is horse crap i do not like it i do not think we should be banning power meters i think that it pushes the sport forward if anything we should be sharing more information that the pro cyclists are putting out on their bike. I want to see their power numbers. I want to see them. When they are struggling up a climb, I want to see how many watts they are putting down. When they are sprinting at the end, I want to see those numbers. So Alberto Contador can say all of this and say that it's great for cycling and that it will bring excitement, yet he has a continental team with eyes on joining the pro ranks. And guess what? Continental teams don't have as much money as the pro-level teams. I mean, of course, that would make sense. So he was also a proponent of capping salaries for pros. Again, these two things help his team become better. And I really see this as a selfish endeavor by trying to create all of these waves of banning power meters when in reality, he's just trying to make his team compete in a better way with these you know, higher-level World Tour pro teams. Should you be doing that? Yes. I, I, I mean, there's no fault in him looking out for his own team, but I also think that it's kind of stupid that he shrouds it in, well, it's great for the sport. No, I think that's stupid. Also, GCN did a video where they went around and asked pros what they thought about banning power meters and there was a massive resounding no i think like the only one that didn't say no was alejandro valverde which he could have been telling the truth but also i believe alejandro valverde wants to stay out of controversy with the uci and just kind of live his life cycling now he also i feel like he could be a guy who would be the exact same without a power meter because he just kind of rides that style to begin with but I think this is stupid. I think Contador is wrong. Not that I am smarter than somebody who has won you know, the Tour de France, has won Grand Tours, 
in the realm of cycling, I just think it's stupid. Being in the bike business, I don't believe this helps move the sport forward or helps us as fans enjoy the race more. So think that is stupid. And like I said before, we should be sharing more of these numbers. Well, there is a company sharing these numbers, and I'm going to share them with you. So Velon is sharing power numbers of sprinters. So who put down the most watts? I mean, just absolutely dropping a bomb of watts. Well, that top spot goes to Andre Greipel, who in the tour down under, he hit 1,903 watts, averaging, averaging 1,326 watts during that sprint. He almost, he was 100 watts away from 2,000 watts. That is absolutely dropping the hammer on those pedals. That is insane. I mean, go out and try to hit those numbers. That is crazy. And then to average 1,326 watts. So who came in second? Sam Bennett for Hansgrohe. Second, at the Giro, he hit, during a sprint, 1,480 watts, averaging 1,070 watts over that sprint. Absolutely incredible numbers. Who's in third? Fernando Gaviria. He put down an average of 1,200 watts to beat out the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Sagan at the Tour de Suisse amazing numbers. I mean, Andre Greipel throwing down 1,903 watts, and then these people averaging that. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. And it is so cool to see these numbers and know what they are putting down in a sprint. So when I go do my local town sprint, I can compare them to what Peter Sagan put down while he was racing Fernando Gaviria in the Tour de Suisse. I mean, come on, that is so cool. That's what I love about putting out these numbers. It makes me more excited as a fan so that when I am out cycling, I can compare myself with the pros. Will I ever become a pro cyclist? No, but you better believe I want to compare myself to him. I mean, I just think that is so cool when we're little kids and we're throwing around the football I'm Peyton Manning taking the snap, throwing the winning touchdown pass to Reggie Wayne. You know, we we get to emulate our stars and emulate who they are and pretend to be them. And I feel like on a bike, it's really cool that we can already do that because out on an open road as compared to, you know, an NFL stadium, they could actually be riding on this road. I can go ride the Tour de France route if I want to. I can go ride the Giro d'Italia. I can do those things. I think that's really cool. But now I also I want to compare my numbers to their numbers, see what they're doing. So congrats to Velon for putting that out. I love it. I wish they would do more, and I think they will do more. So really cool. And moving over to a sadder story, I would say. We just get done talking about numbers and watts and how cool that is and how it pushes the sport forward. It's devastating to hear Mark Renshaw of Dimension Data. He was recently involved in an accident where he got hit by a car and he fractures his pelvis. He will likely be out 
for the first couple months of the 2019 season. So I hope Mark Renshaw has a speedy recovery. Like I said, we talk about the cool things about seeing all of the pros Watts. And then it's sad to hear that, you know, we're still struggling with getting hit by drivers. So this is a quote that Mark Renshaw put out on Dimension Data's website where he says, I was heading back out on the road for the final two hours of my five-hour training ride. And as I entered the roundabout, the car looked like it was going to stop. I assumed the driver didn't see me and I hit the front right of the car and flew over the bonnet, landing heavily on my pelvis. I'm not sure if the impact with the car or the ground caused my injury, but it was definitely a scary moment as you now realize it could have been much worse. Then he goes on to talk about his 2019 season where he says, I'm devastated that my preseason training will be hampered as I was planning a big start to 2019. I returned from our training camp super motivated for next season and I was all ready in a serious training for January's racing. It's gutting to have another setback, but as hospital staff have told me, it could have been much worse than what it was. So yes, I hope Mark Renshaw has a speedy recovery, can make it back out on the bike fairly soon and positively. I mean, I hope he can come back strong from this injury, but still sad to see that we are getting hit by cars as cyclists. I'm not mad at drivers, just like I don't feel like drivers should be mad at cyclists for things, but us as cyclists have to be have to be smart out on the road. We have to wear reflective apparel, and as dorky as that sounds, there's a lot of companies doing it great where they're putting nice pieces of reflective bit into their kit. I really like that, but also ride with lights. I put lights on my road bike. I don't race with them, but I train with them. I want to be visible. I have these reflective stickers that go on my chainstay. They're black. You really can't even tell if they're on there, but when a light shines on them, boom, they light up. I want to stay safe. I want to be seen, and I know a lot of you out there do as well, but we need to make sure that we keep doing that as cyclists and that when we're on the road, we don't do stupid things that frustrate cars, and and I always think about it. I don't want to do something to piss off a driver so that the next time they see a cyclist, they're mad because of something I did. So try to always think about your fellow cyclists when you want to do something on the road. And we all have lapses in judgment. I understand that. But again, this just emphasizes how safe we need to be out on the road. So that is something sad. We are going to finish. Something controversial. And I totally understand this man's point. I said at the beginning of the podcast that Team Sky's jerseys kind of looked like movie stars. And this is Nairo Quintana of Movistar voicing his concern about three leaders for that team. And you know what, Nairo? I totally agree with you. I think that's tough. I mean, on any team, that is tough, whether it's baseball, soccer, football. If you have captains, and say you have more captains in one specific group of your team, it gets weird. It's hard to have more than one leader. As humans, I feel like we kind of gravitate towards one leader. Now, they did it last year in the Tour de France, and right now it looks like they're going to be doing it this year with Alejandro Valverde, world champion, and 
Mikael Landa. He is the third. The three amigos, if you want to put it that way. But he is voicing his concerns. He did in a press conference where he told France 24 that, that he was concerned about the upcoming season and having three leaders. He doesn't know if he's fully on board with it. He doesn't know if it'll fully work. Didn't really look like it worked last year in the Tour de France. So we will just have to wait and see because the team has not yet confirmed who will be riding each tour, who will be riding the tour. So we don't know. But I totally agree with Nairo Quintana. I feel like you can go into a race with two leaders, kind of like Team Sky did. You see who is best. I think Mitchelton Scott has done that with the Yates twins. And you just see who's stronger as long as they're willing to work together. Chris Froome did it. The Yates brothers can work well with each other. But Dulanda, Quintana, and Valverde all get along with each other. I don't know. I'm not there. But it will just be a waiting game as we will see. And that is the end of Pro News. But the end of Pro News brings us something very exciting that we do on the Cycling with Watts podcast. And that is Sagan Watch. So on Sagan Watch, we literally just watch to see what Peter Sagan does. <laughs> That's all this segment is because he is amazing. He is wonderful to watch. He does good things on social media that give me good things to talk about. So I love watching Peter Sagan. And this week does not disappoint. Recently, Roval, which is the in-house brand of Specialized, did a wheel giveaway. And they had an Instagram post with about eight different pictures of different riders who are sponsored by Specialized. And they were all holding a Roval wheel in front of them and a wheel that corresponded with their discipline of cycling. And Peter Sagan was, of course, that first picture. And oh, Peter was oh so shirtless. And it was fantastic because nobody else was shirtless. It was kind of weird. It was kind of awesome. It got me excited, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was it was hilarious. It gave me a great laugh. I just found it hilarious that Peter Sagan was the only one shirtless and nobody else was shirtless or doing anything crazy. They were in their team kit or whatever kit they were in. And then Sagan rocking some sunglasses, rocking a no shirt look. So that will be up on the website because everybody should see that picture. And so thank you, Peter Sagan, for always giving me content. Whether you have a shower head made in your likeness, whether you're putting out a book, whether you're popping wheelies or popping off your shirt, you're amazing to watch. And I love you, Peter Sagan. So that is the end of Sagan Watch. And those sirens bring us into the final segment of the show where we are going to talk about tech, new tech that is out there. And so this isn't like ground earth shattering tech, but as everyone knows, I fancy a ride on Zwift quite often, a couple times a week for sure, five times a week if I'm lucky. But there is a new competitor to Zwift. Now, there is already competitors 
to Zwift out there right now. There's virtual worlds, there's training programs, there is competitors to Zwift. But CV Arcade is trying to bring more people to the sport and make virtual cycling more like esports. And they're going to try to make it more like esports with crazy worlds, crazy Tron-like worlds, crazy bikes. I mean, they're trying to give the user full customizability. I hope that sounded okay, but they're trying to give the user as much as they want, whatever they want, whatever they want to see in the world, they can do it. And... I think that's cool if it ultimately brings more people to the sport. That is great. But also it looks really weird and not something that I think I want to go for. I really like the realistic approach that that comes with Zwift. And I don't feel like I would get that with CVR Cave. Now if CVR seems familiar, it is because they already do races on Swift. They're the ones who are responsible for the CVR World Cup, which is a series of races on Swift. So they have already dabbled in the virtual world, and now they're going to create their own. So do I think this is good? Do I think it is bad? I am I'm undecided. There's been a lot of talk with the virtual world on whether or not we are going to see cycling dive into esports are we going to have a esports world champion there's a lot of speculation on what we might see with this new technology and this is just another sign that the market is out there and that people want to be cycling more and more in a virtual world actually strava just put out their year-end stats and the majority of group rides were done in a virtual world setting. So I think that shows that people like the community, but they don't really have to interact with other people. Because group rides can be scary. I mean, they can be intimidating. They can be yada, yada, yada. And, and so it shows a bigger push for these virtual worlds. And if CV Arcade can do even more and expand that world then yes that is great and i think that we could see more and more people come to the sport because they see a cool super cool tron bike that was really hard to say a super cool tron bike in a game and now they can ride it now i know what you're thinking there is a tron bike in zwift but let me tell you you have to climb and climb and climb and then keep climbing in order to get that bike it takes a long long time so that was my rant on the tron bike and as you can tell from my silence i'm not happy about how long it takes to get that bike so in this world you could get it way faster and it actually is a tron bike so I think that's cool. But I don't like the non-realistic feel 
that I'm seeing from these pictures. Now, I grew up not liking animation that was unrealistic, so I think that also plays into it for me. But, hey, if at the end of the day, it brings more people to the sport, then I'm all for it. So I think that is really cool. You also have to control your bike. You have to steer it. I don't really know how that's all going to work out, how they're going to tell if you're turning right or left. But that's one thing that Zwift doesn't do. There's no crashes. There's no maneuvering. There's none of that. And that's a massive part of the sport. So we'll see if this helps that or makes it worse. I don't know. But good job to CV Arcade for coming up with something new and for coming up with something that might ultimately bring more people to putting their bike on a saddle for a long stretch of time like we all enjoy doing. So that is going to round us out for tech. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I hope I inspired you just a little bit to ride your bike a little bit more. If you're in a cold, cold place right now, jump on your trainer, jump on Zwift, jump on Trainer Road, whatever you are riding, jump on there and crank those pedals. If you are lucky enough to ride outside, congrats. Go ride more outside. Get all of those miles in outside that people like me can't get because we don't want to ride in the cold. So go go do those miles for us. If there's no other motivation for you, do those miles for the people who can't. So go check out cyclingwithwatts.com. Email me at cyclingwithwatts at gmail.com. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Check me out on Instagram at cyclingwithwatts. Right now I'm in a series where I'm showing you everything that I own that I like in biking, all sitting in one of my favorite chairs that I have. It's this nice pink chair, and it was a great backdrop for a photo shoot so go check me out on instagram there but that brings us to the close of the show thank you again so much for listening please share the podcast if you like it if you want to share it with a friend i would truly truly appreciate it so please share the podcast other than that adios (music) 